Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome back to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share the latest information and leading-edge thoughts to support the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring the evolutionary power of forgiveness. If there's one thing that'll stop personal and collective spiritual evolution in its tracks, it's the low frequency of guilt. Guilt has been propagated on all of us and is used to control the masses. In order to evolve or be successful, we need to be able to access and follow our intuition, inner promptings, and knowing, rather than being directed by others through guilt. Yet, guilt is only part of the equation. A larger problem is the lack of two very necessary transformative ingredients, gratitude and forgiveness. Therein lies a tangled weave. Gratitude cannot be embraced in the lack of forgiveness, Forgiveness of other cannot be obtained in the lack of forgiveness of self. Guilt thrives in the atmosphere of an ungrateful, unforgiving heart, while love languishes. It's virtually impossible to manifest anything, much less spiritual evolution, in the low-frequency soup of ungratefulness, guilt, and non-forgiveness. At the same time, this disabling mix is deeply conditioned into us all. How can we find gratitude and forgiveness? What will it take to be free of the guilt that binds us to the status quo in order to evolve into the glory of our full potential? With us this hour to explore forgiveness, gratitude, and manifestation is May McCarthy. May is the author of The Gratitude Formula and The Path to Wealth. She's CEO of Bizalts, a 30-plus year serial entrepreneur, angel investor, author, and philanthropist. Her website, maymccarthy.com. May, thanks so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Let's start out by addressing gratitude. You put a lot of emphasis on gratitude. Why? I believe that gratitude not only, as many studies have shown, is able to help us live a healthier, um, more calm and balanced life. But in addition, I believe that gratitude is a tool that magnetizes us to achieve our goals. You, you speak of studies. What studies? Um, I have a number that are outlined in my book, but what they've shown is that when people use gratitude at certain times of the day, uh, for instance, if they use gratitude statements right before they go to sleep, they tend to sleep better. Gratitude has one of those um, abilities to calm us down as we're focusing on what we're grateful for, our stress is reduced. And so a number of studies that are outlined in my books um, end up showing us that when we choose to be grateful, it calms us down, reduces stress, and helps with our overall health and well-being. Is that um, because you can't be in fear and gratitude at the same time? Yeah, you, I'm sure that that's one of the things. But also, as we're focusing on things that we're grateful for, it just tends to make us feel happier. And as we are feeling happier and less stressed, 
the benefits of any stress-reducing technique um, are also seen when we're using gratitude. You know, personally, when I'm feeling gratitude, um, it's, it's it's an actual physical feeling. I feel it in my body. What's the importance of being able to embody gratitude? Well, gratitude's a choice. I mean, so many people have this idea that if they feel grateful, then they will be grateful. But I'm a big believer that if we choose to find something to be grateful for, no matter what's been going on in our life, if we choose to really look at things and think of just even three things to be grateful for, then the feelings of happiness or peace or um, a um, just sort of a, a calmness can follow in the wake of our choice of being grateful. I think that happiness comes after we're choosing to be grateful. So grateful isn't something that we just end up feeling randomly. It's something that we're choosing to implement as part of a daily practice that can help us to calm down, to be less stressed. It's my belief that when we're in a calm position, we can hear that still small voice of intuition. But if we're in a turbulent, fearful, angry, resentful, unforgiving state, um, anything that is stressful, like a turbulent body of water, you know, you, you could throw a pebble into a turbulent body of water and not see any effect. But if you can get yourself to a calm place, and gratitude is one of those tools that help us to do that, then we can start to notice those opportunities that are in alignment with our goals. So you're speaking of gratitude kind of like a reframing uh, the events of our lives. It could be, yeah. We could, you could look at it as reframing, but you could also look at it as a way to just just simply find. I mean, you're there to search for something to be grateful, no matter what happens. I mean, let's say you're at work and your boss yells at you and you're feeling, you know, depressed and sad. Well, maybe you could think of some things to be grateful for. Number one, I'm grateful that I have a job. Number number two, I'm grateful that I can support myself. Number three, I'm grateful that I'm learning something and that I... I can breathe and move freely through life. So you're looking for something to be grateful for that will end up counteracting that, you know, awful event of getting yelled at by your boss. Can't we even transmute the being yelled at by our boss um, into looking at what the boss yelled about and find some place to shift in us that makes us better? I think you can, and that's a very advanced thought. (laughs) So what's the relationship between gratitude and forgiveness? Well, both of them um, are used in the what I call the evening practice. I, I write about using a daily practice in both of my books. And a daily practice involves reviewing your goals and then watching for intuitive and subconscious messaging that will guide you to achieve those goals throughout the day. At the end of the day... I think it's important that you use gratitude and a forgiveness practice together for for a couple of reasons. Number one, when we get ourselves into that calm state, we're able to notice possibilities and notice those intuitive directions and creative and innovative insights. But when, when we use forgiveness, what we're doing is making room within ourselves to receive more of the good things that we want. I mean, think about it this way. If you're filled up to the brim, like a a full-body bottle of water, you can't fit any more water into that full bottle unless you pour some out first. And many of us fill ourselves up with stuff that, you know, it really isn't serving us. It's not, these aren't things that we really want to continue to experience and have in our lives, but we've chosen to hold on to them. And these generally are negative emotions, resentment, anger, jealousy, pain, um, you know, things that, that we've chosen to hold on to that are filling us up and not serving us in relation to the good that we are describing that we want to experience in life. 
So we have to release those things. And so in my books, I've devised this evening practice right before you go to sleep. You lay in bed and you think of at least three things that you can recite out loud that you're grateful for. I'm so grateful that I got parking spaces in front so I didn't have to get wet in the Seattle rain. I'm so grateful that I had an opportunity to uh, visit with family and friends. I'm so grateful that I got a chance to um, meet a whole bunch, group of new people at a speaking event. Whatever, whatever you're grateful for, just off the top of your head, think of at least three things that you can recite out loud. And like I said, lots of studies have shown, and I'll certainly look for some of these while we're talking, but there are um, studies that have shown that when we use gratitude, there are physical and uh, psychological benefits that we experience. One of them is uh, indicates that we sleep better when we're feeling in a grateful state. The second part of that evening practice is to recite a giving forth, and I call it a prayer, but it could certainly just be a paragraph. But you recite a giving forth prayer that gives forth anything that's taking up room within you and not serving you. And it puts it over here on the side so that you now have room within you to receive the good things that you want. Now, you still own that pile of stuff. You still own that resentment, that anger, that jealousy, that pain. It's right here on the outside of you. And what I've noticed is that if you need to pay attention to that in a deeper way, you'll be guided and directed to do that. It'll keep popping up and saying, I need some attention. But most of the people that I work with say that as they start to fill up their lives with more of the good things that they want, as they start to achieve the goals that they desire and create the lives that they love, much of that pile of stuff tends to disintegrate on its own. It just doesn't have any, as much importance anymore. So like you, don't go through the garbage before you take it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, that, and some of that stuff, you know, I'm not saying that this condones the behavior of anybody from someone's past or present or, or you know, condones any unjust and hurtful situation. Well, we're going to have to talk about that on the other side of a commercial break. But me and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show. Coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, Join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. 
Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. To stay abreast of all the wonderful information and tools we have to offer, visit our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Mae McCarthy. Her website, maymccarthy.com. May, it seems like forgiveness can be a bit of a sticky widget. Uh, we think we've forgiven only to have the same grudge rear its ugly head over and over again. Why is that, and what can we do about it? Well, I don't think that you're ever done with forgiveness. I think it's a process. Uh, for instance, in, in the last segment, I mentioned to you the evening practice where you are reciting a giving forth prayer or a giving forth statement as at, and releasing anything within you that's taking up room. And I can remember one of my uh, workshop attendees coming back to me the following week saying that, that that practice just ruined her life. She had a employee who had worked for her over 10 years before and done a tremendous amount of damage in her business and then up and quit without saying he was sorry. I mean, she lost customers. It cost her a lot of money to fix the problems that he caused, and it was just ugly. Well, as she was doing this forgiveness prayer every night, as I asked people to do, um, he had emailed her out of the blue to congratulate her on an award. And all of a sudden, she was reliving that incredibly painful moment. She thought she had done all of her forgiveness work, and all she could do was think about this guy over and over and over again, and she was just seething. So in that example... You know, she had done hours and hours of forgiveness work, but here she was back at square one in an unforgiving state. So what she needed to do was calm herself down. And one of the things that you can use as a tool is a forgiveness mantra. And you might need to say it, you know, 5,000 times during the day when you're right in the midst of being angry or upset or worried but the next day you'll only have to say it 4,990 times, and the next day it'll be less and less and less. The goal is to do whatever you can to get yourself back to a place of calm, because once you're in that place of calm, that's when you notice opportunities, innovative and creative intuitive thoughts that can guide you towards what you do want and not keep you in that state of pain, which is an unforgiveness state. So I don't think we're ever done with forgiveness. I think it's always a process, and it can, if you've been hurt really badly, um, it can show up sometimes years and years in the future, and you just use your forgiveness techniques all over again, and hopefully it'll be a shorter amount of time to get yourself back to that calm place. You can't be productive and receptive, in my opinion, if you're also in an unforgiving and angry or worried state. Well, you've been you've mentioned several things here, prayer and mantras. They sound almost religious. You have to be religious in order to engage in this? 
it's not my belief that you do. The only reason I call um, any of this spiritual is simply because there's an intelligence that comes through intuition and often even through our subconscious. And through both of those um, faculties, which you can't see, because you can't see it, I throw it into the spiritual category. But these are, um, it's not a, a religious thing. It's a, um, an intelligence, a, a, a tool that you just can't see, but it's still helpful nonetheless. You know, there's some people, some people feel if we forgive those that have wronged us, it just sets us up to be hurt again. Would you speak to that? I think it actually makes you more powerful. I mean, what you're, what you're doing when you're unforgiving, I want you to imagine this. Let's say I've got a chain and there's a ankle shackle at each end of the chain. When I'm not forgiving someone, I'm essentially shackling their ankle on one end of the chain and shackling the other end of the chain to my ankle. And I'm dragging these people around with me through life. Now, I don't want them in my life anymore. I, I, I would just as soon never see them again or never think about them again. But because I have chosen not to forgive... I'm dragging them around with me everywhere. Forgiveness is not for them. They don't care. Forgiveness is for me so that I can undo the shackle that's around my ankle and truly go free to be to live and create a life that I want to live without them in it. How much of our perceived hurt in the moment really relates to past unforgiven trespasses being projected forward under the present events? Well, I think that there are people that have gotten into the habit of choosing to continually be hurt and blame people. I mean, we've all met them, right? Where where they somehow, when they can talk about another new hurt or another injustice, they get attention. And they like that attention, even though they really don't like the hurt and injustice They've made it a habit now, and they haven't, they haven't seen or, or imagined an alternative that's free from that that could be better. So and just living, so, I'm sorry. So I think that, you know, the more we can show examples of how releasing that can actually lead to a better life, something that they believe is possible. Um, and, and that's the key. We've got to somehow help show, show a situation that is more favorable to them that they believe that they can have. We have to help them shift their mental equivalence to believe that they can have a better life and remove and release all of this stuff that's holding them back. So does living out of the unforgiven hurts of the past impact our ability to evolve spiritually? Boy, you know, I don't presume to understand what what people's spiritual evolutionary path is, but what I can say is it's my belief that there is a a desire for most people to be free. And if you're not forgiving, you're not free. So how does lack of self-forgiveness impact our ability to forgive others? Well, in the forgiveness um, prayer or giving forth practice in the night, I, I ask people not only to give forth anything from their past or present that others have done to them, but I also ask them, to forgive themselves because I think that if we don't if we don't forgive ourselves that negative emotion is going to impair our ability to see opportunities that could lead to a better life if we don't forgive ourselves we may not believe that we're worth living a better life also, don't you think sometimes, um, you know, the things that we haven't forgiven ourselves for make us feel guilty? And sometimes isn't unforgiveness projecting that guilt onto the people that we're holding a grudge against? Oh, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. 
And most of the time, when we feel guilt, really it's a it's a it's a disappointment due to a false expectation. You know, we 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 may feel guilty that we didn't succeed at something. We may feel guilty that we failed. But we had a false expectation of what success and failure were when we started out. Had we had no expectation of what success and failure were to begin with, we'd have nothing to feel guilty about. So um, I think I think people need to adjust their expectations so that they they find that they're in situations of being disappointed less. Sometimes people can get angry at somebody else or say that they disappointed them because they didn't meet an expectation of what they thought they should do. And we we go around all day long putting expectations on other people and on ourselves that sometimes are unrealistic, and consequently we fail and we can feel guilty about that. So what's the difference between goals and expectations? Well, goals are describing the end game. For instance, let's say um, somebody says, you know, I want a new job or I want to lose 10 pounds. Um, That's not really a goal because if the goal is to be wanting to lose 10 pounds or to be wanting to have a new job, then you've already reached the goal. You're already in a state of wanting. There's no reason that your subconscious or intuition are going to chime in and help you take steps towards anything because you're already in the state of wanting. You've already achieved your goal. So what you need... Uh, you're going to have to go in that a little deeper for me. I didn't follow that one. Well, if, if I'm saying I want this and I want that, then I've already achieved the goal. I'm already wanting. So the goal is wanting, not the thing you're wanting to achieve? Correct. How so? If you say you don't want something, because it's making a an impression on your subconscious of the thing that that um, you're picturing. Like, I want to lose ten pounds. Well, what you're doing is picturing yourself as ten pounds overweight. So your subconscious says, "Well, you're there. You're already ten pounds overweight." Or I don't want to be fat anymore. Your your subconscious doesn't hear "don't want." It just sees the picture of you being what you call fat, so you'll stay there. So what you might want to do is shift your words to describe what, what your you life is like after. We're, we're going to have to take another break, and we'll pick up on the other side. Me and I will return to our discussion after this break, so you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. ABS Media. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, 
X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing leading-edge information supporting the path to enlightenment. Don't miss all the wonderful things we have to offer on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and we're speaking with Mae McCarthy. Her website, maymccarthy.com. Mae, we were getting into something that it seems like it was a bit of a reversal. I'd, I'd like to kind of go a little further in that and straighten it out. You're saying if you're in a state of wanting, you're, you've already gotten there, but what you've gotten is the reverse of what you really think you want. Is that what you were saying? Well, what I'm saying is, if let me just give you two examples. So let's just say the goal is I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to get out of debt. I want to. So I'm, I'm wanting, I'm wanting, I'm wanting. That's the goal. And it's been my experience over 36 years of using this practice, not only personally, but also to grow you know, several multi-million dollar companies to as large as $100 million in annual revenues. But when I state goals as though I want, I very rarely get there because I don't get any intuitive guidance or directions and my subconscious doesn't point out possibilities. So what I have to do is engage my words, thoughts, and emotions together to describe what my life would be like after I achieve my goals. So for weight, I might say, I'm so grateful that I'm physically fit, trim, toned, energetic, in a healthy, happy body that's easily able to move through life in a pain-free manner. Now I've got a picture and words and emotions that are in alignment with what happens after I've lost the 10 pounds. Okay, so you're, you're holding um, in your frequency zone, in, 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 your, in your auric zone, you're holding a picture of the goal versus a picture of the wanting. A, a, a picture of the completed outcome. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when I do that, it's like my subconscious and this spiritual intuition go on high alert. It's like, oh my gosh, she's saying that she already has this. We have to show her evidence. We have to filter these billions of pieces of data that are coming at her in order to show her opportunities and illuminate possibilities and evidence that these statements can be true. So, it's so when, you, when you set your intent that direction, um, then your intuition starts to point out to you the path to get there? Exactly. I still have to take action. But yeah, that's the key, isn't it? Everybody just sits there on their thumbs thinking now it's going to happen, but never. <laughs> buck stops here, right? <laughs> it always takes action. So you might get a really strong thought to contact someone or to go somewhere or to do something. And your rational mind is trying to talk you out of anything that doesn't make sense. 
So what you need to do is figuratively stomp your foot and just say, hey, if this is something I'm supposed to pay attention to, give me another lead. That means make that thought show up again or, or point out another opportunity that's in alignment with this direction. So you're and engaging I, synchronicities? You're engaging this intuitive mind that Albert Einstein talked about. You're engaging it to be able to chime in. For instance, I was I travel about 200,000 miles a year when I'm growing businesses, and I always have a routine. And one of the things that I do after I drop my bags off at the hotel is to hop in my car and go to the closest grocery store to pick up protein shakes, water, and things that I need for my stay. So here I am in Cleveland at 9 o'clock at night in the car ready to go to the grocery store. And I have this very strong thought about a grocery store that's 15 minutes away. It didn't make any sense, and my rational mind wanted me to know that. And it was it, the thoughts that started to come up were, it's 9 o'clock at night, shouldn't be driving across town in Cleveland at 9 o'clock at night, your appointment's at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, it'll be too early in the morning, 5 o'clock in Seattle, and you'll be too tired if you waste time tonight driving across town to a different grocery store. And many of us go through this same cycle where our rational mind tries to talk us out of doing things that don't make sense. Meanwhile, this intuitive mind that Albert Einstein talks about just sits there quietly and waits. You can engage that intuitive mind by essentially stomping your foot and saying, hey, intuition, if, if this original thought was from you, show me why I should take, a, take the steps. Now your intuitive mind can jump on board. And mine did. And it said, look, it's 9 o'clock at night, but it's only 6 o'clock in Seattle. It's too early for you to go to sleep anyway. Who knows? Maybe everything you want will be on sale. So I made the drive. As I'm walking into the grocery store, there was a guy walking out at exactly the same time who I recognized. I met him six months before at a trade show, and he represented a very large potential customer. He wasn't returning any of my phone calls or emails for an appointment. And here we are face-to-face. Now, the goal I had been writing about and grateful for every single day was a minimum or more of $400,000 in new revenue for our company so we could grow and serve more customers in great ways. Well, here we are face-to-face outside the grocery store. He asks about our growth, about our who I'm in town to see, and so on and so forth. And at the end of the conversation, he said it was okay to come make a presentation to his group while I was in town. That led to another presentation, another presentation, and a contract worth more than $400,000 in the time frame that I wanted. None of this makes rational sense. But had I not been in a state of gratitude every single day in writing out the completed goals, and had I not kept myself calm with releasing through forgiveness, anything that was taking up room that was not serving me on a daily basis, I would not have noticed those intuitive thoughts to take action. Well, it sounds also like the the goals or the completed goals are very important. How do we um, refine them so that we know that they're 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 a good fit for what we're trying to do, rather than say, for instance, um, uh, solutions to perceived problems. Right. So what you want to do is describe what your life is like after you've achieved a goal and make sure that you're describing that with gratitude. Leave the how that you get there up to this divine intelligence, this uh, spiritual intuition. And I'm not the only successful person that relies on intuition. You know that. I mean, Bill Gates who's, depending upon what day you measure his net worth, he's the wealthiest or second wealthiest man in the world. And he said, often you have to rely on intuition. Bill and Steve Jobs from Apple agreed. He said you actually had to have courage to follow your heart and intuition. And and I agree. I mean, you you don't know what the outcome of taking steps will be. You have to have courage. And, of course, you know, Oprah Winfrey, clearly one of the most influential women of our time, She said that she's listened to that still small voice of intuition her whole life, and the only time she's made mistakes is when she didn't listen. And I have to agree. I mean, even people like Thomas Edison, Albert Einstein, Steven Spielberg, I mean, 
so many successful people have said that they rely on intuition as a tool for success, and I have as well for 36 years in building eight different companies. Um, it's, it's available to each and every person, and it's my belief through proving it over and over and over again and thousands of people that have emailed me after using the techniques in my books have validated this. But what they've said is we can enable intuition and our subconscious to be helpful to us if we shift our words, thoughts, and emotions and use forgiveness and gratitude as tools to keep us calm and have room to receive the good that we describe. So it's always there. We just have to learn how to work it, and we have to clear ourselves enough that we can hear it when it speaks up. Exactly. <laughs> oh, how fun is that? Well, why, why do you think we've gotten so far away from this? I, I know people used to live more instinctually. Yeah, I think it's because we're in a world of data, data, data. I mean, when we have a question about anything, what do we do? We Google it, right? <laughs> and then we... Uh, look at every possible step that we can take, and we get information from subject matter experts, and we analyze it and measure it and evaluate it, and then we think about, okay, here are all the possible steps that we could take, and then we go one step further, and we think about every possible outcome that could come from every possible step. Oh, so but then we're just filling the air with all sorts of confusing outcomes. Right, and we're, and we're only coming at it from a rational point of view. How rational is it to drive across town at nine o'clock at night to a grocery store in Cleveland? That is not rational at all. And how rational is it to pick up a phone and call somebody you haven't talked to in 15 years because they keep coming to mind only to be guided and directed to some other information that you needed that was helpful? Or how rational is it to follow somebody's advice to go see a doctor and then tell the doctor they're wrong because your gut is hurting and your instinct is saying the doctor's wrong and have them do something different only to find out that they that now your life can be saved. I mean, there's lots and lots of stories in tons of, of books that are ancient that talk about how these things that seem like miracles, these extraordinary events, had no rational basis. They, they, they ended up um, happening simply because people were in a position to describe the outcomes that they wanted, and they enabled those things to happen. But you have to be able to listen to your intuition and follow the steps to get there. Well, as Steve Jobs said, you got to have courage. Yeah. And the way, the way you develop courage is through confidence. And the way you develop confidence is to prove stuff over and over and over again. Mm. Well, and, we'll pick up with confidence and courage on the other side of yet another commercial break. May and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, 
Join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together people, gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love to hear from my listeners. You can email me at info at missionevolution.org and suggest a topic or a guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our special guest this hour, a gifted person of service to the world, is Mae McCarthy. Her website, maymccarthy.com. May, as we're going along and we've decided, uh, okay, we're going to envision this um, completed goal... It is, it is this a time to course correct and you, you look at it and you go, well, I thought that's what I wanted, but actually where I was trying to get. I can absolutely tell you that that's true. Um, there was a, a group of people that were camping underneath a underpass in Seattle, you know, um, as a bridge connects to another body of land in our area, in my neighborhood, they decided to camp underneath that. And um, unfortunately, many of them had lots of um, addictions and were using drugs and there were no services available and they were breaking into homes and cars to afford their lifestyle. And everybody in the neighborhood was up in arms and no one seemed to be able to be able to do anything about it. No um, police could come into that area because the land was owned by a different agency and it was just it was just a mess and everybody was upset. So I used to have a goal that, um, you know, they were gone. And then as I started to use my daily practice, as I outlined in my books, what I realized was what I wanted for them was the same thing I wanted for myself. I wanted them to be whole, healthy, and complete and, and living safe and healthy lives with all of their needs met in lawful ways. And that all of us treated each other with respect and lived together in peace and harmony. So as I started writing about that, intuitive thoughts came to me. And I was able to put together a group of all of the different departments and agencies that were related to that area, the police department, the governor's office, the city council, the Department of Transportation, the um, addiction and mental health groups, um, all sorts of people. And, and everybody came together in a very, very organized manner, and we had a discussion. And about 80 people from our neighborhood were there, and we sent in questions in advance, and it was very orderly. And what the departments realized, all these agencies, is that their policies were preventing the other organizations from operating and serving these people in a um, cohesive manner that was respectful and organized. So they did leave, 
but they were relocated to a place where they could have services and get the care and help that they needed. So goals can change, and through the daily practice, um, it, you shouldn't be surprised if they do, if they become um, of greater benefit, not just to yourself, but to your world. You know, as I was listening to you, it's, it's such a lovely example you just gave of coming out of a polarized stance, which is low frequency, and uh, when you're in a polarized stance, you're judging against somebody and probably not as receptive to options and alternatives, and into a more unified stance, one of serving everyone. How can we work that for? How can we make that work for ourselves? Well, each morning I ask people to set aside about 25 to 30 minutes to have a goal planning meeting with that inner wisdom with their, with their self. And as they're writing out their goals as completed with gratitude, they then read them out loud and imagine seeing themselves in the movie of the completed goal. Well, as I was seeing myself in the movie with those people gone, there were pieces that were missing about how they were cared for the way I want to be cared for. This was where that spiritual intuition could chime in and say, well, whatever you're wanting for them should be the same thing that you want for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, so as I started to manipulate that movie of a completed goal and seeing them healthy, happy, safe, you know, and law-abiding, um, my words changed the next day in my goal attainment meeting. Hmm. How, how can we tell the difference between intuitive information and guidance and triggers into past unprocessed stuff? Well, part of it is, is how do you feel? I mean, if you're feeling um, anxious, nervous, any negative emotions, probably might be some stuff that's left over that's unprocessed but if it's feeling peaceful and um you've you've got a sense of 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 ease and joy about it then it may be the right direction for you to be looking in so say for instance in your past example when you just want them gone um that may have not have been a real comfortable feeling so much as wanting them to have a good outcome yeah, so wanting them gone so that they're not breaking in and stealing um, was an effort to want my neighbors to be safe and protected and happy. But it didn't address how I wanted those people to be safe, protected, and happy. It was incomplete. Didn't include everyone, was not all-inclusive. I wanted everybody to be safe, protected, and happy. All so, operate in accordance with the law so that everybody was safe, protected, and happy. We've talked all the way around it. Would you be willing to outline the steps to manifestation for those of us that want to shift the way we're doing things? Sure. So in the morning meeting, there are four steps, and you'll need some tools. You'll need an uplifting book that uh, has short stories about ordinary people having extraordinary experiences. This gets you into a receptive mood, helps you to believe, wow, if that can happen for other people, it can happen for me. Um, You'll need a journal or a notebook and something to write with. First step, read for five minutes, something receptive that puts you into that mood and starts to help you believe that impossibility. The second step is to write out a gratitude letter And in that letter, you are being grateful for what you have. You're being grateful for what you want, but you word it as though you already have it. And then the third step is to take five minutes and read what you just wrote out loud, and that will anchor the meaning more fully within you. Any school teacher will tell you that. And then the fourth step of that morning meeting for five minutes is to take one of your goals, and you should have goals in every major area of your life, your health, your finances, your use of skills and talents or work or volunteering or, or uh, whatever other role you play in your life, your recreation, um, your spiritual connection. Um, so, so every major area of your life, you should have at least one goal. And so take one of those goals and for up to five minutes, see yourself in the completed goal. 
if it's for stuff, you know, see yourself in that beautiful new home that you're sharing with your happy and healthy family and your friends are visiting and see what that interaction is like and how you feel in that beautiful new space or if it's harmonious relationships with people at work. See yourself in those successful meetings together. Not specifically what you're talking about, but just the feeling that you've already achieved the harmonious relationships that you want. Then uh, go throughout your day and watch for, expect and watch for leads. These are those intuitive messages that can come as a strong thought, a gut instinct, a um, a sign, uh, even sometimes a message through somebody else that resonates with you or an awareness. And if you don't understand one of those leads, simply ask that intuitive mind for another lead and you'll get one if it's something you're supposed to do. And if you take a step, if you have a lead and you take a step, celebrate. Figure out one person who supports you in achieving your goals and text the word celebrate to them and have them text back a time later that you can get on the phone or get together in person and celebrate. This is how you accumulate proof that this is working. And then finally, at night, use that um, giving forth practice. State three things that you're grateful for out loud and then recite that giving forth prayer that releases anything that's taking up room within you and not serving you so that you now have room to receive the good things that you've described in your daily uh, morning meeting. And that's it. Those are the seven steps. That's, that's pretty phenomenal. I'm seeing you use all sorts of principles within that as I'm listening to you. And one of them is Derek's law. He has a formula, Derek's formula, that says it's, it's mathematical consistent. And it says that um, the events of the past and of the future are what manifest the present. And so what you're doing is planting the events of the future into the future by, a, by envisioning it already there. That's pretty fascinating. It seems to work. And the more clear you are, I mean, if you take, most people think, oh, gosh, you know, so many of these things are by chance. And it's my opinion that it's not. You know, success is not a secret. Success is a system. And we've already proved how powerful we are in using systems. We learn to drive. We learn to read. We learn to ride a bike. We learn to type on that crazy keyboard that's not even in alphabetical order. We've done a couple of things. They're really key to this practice as well. We've used repetition to practice on a daily basis, and we've welcomed that kind of success into our life by seeing other people that have achieved the kind of success that we want. We saw people ride a bike before we learned how to ride a bike. We saw people drive a car. We know that people can read. And well, all May, of that I'm, I'm sorry. As always, time has flown, and now we're out of, out of it. But thank you so much for your beautiful work in the world and for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Our guest this hour has been May McCarthy, CEO of Business and 34-plus-year serial entrepreneur, angel investor, author, and philanthropist. Her website, maymccarthy.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up on missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Wilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. 
With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.